Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, Jay Stevens is in to break down every game that wasn't Penn State-Iowa from over the weekend in the Big Ten. And also, we get his takes on the teams crowding the top of the AP polls from the conference. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day, every single weekday. People have corrected me on that before. Jay Stevens is in on a Monday usually. It's a Tuesday here. I almost instinctively just said on a Monday. Our Monday show was with Kevin McGuire to talk about the Iowa-Penn State matchup to start off our week. And now Jay's here on a Tuesday to break down the rest of the Big Ten matchups from the weekend. We'll get to that later on. But first, Jay, I want to talk to you about the AP polls and everything we've seen here in the week. We got Kevin's opinions, but I need yours too. First off, we thank you for being making Locked On Big Ten your first listen of the day every single day. And our show today is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need. You can get again, find them over at rockauto.com. Jay, as I said, five Big Ten teams in the top 10 is something we discussed yesterday with Kevin, but it's historic. So it's worth getting multiple voices in here on. What's your take as, again, one of those five teams and one of the three, four that are going really for one side of the Big Ten championship game? Where do you see this ending up at at the end of the season with kind of the dogfight that you have right now over on your side of the Big Ten? I think it's all going to play itself out. Now, I know it's kind of someone may say that's the easy way to take it, but we are in the middle of October there are a few more weeks left in October, and then we get to four weeks in the month of November of football before the Big Ten championship game. The Big Ten East, Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan. I believe all three will play each other. They have not played each other yet. I still believe all three have those matchups. Penn State will play the will play the other three. Michigan State, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. I hope I got all those four correctly at the beginning. If not, I had to correct myself. But I believe all of them will play each other down the road in this season. So those are four teams in the Big Ten East that are still fighting for that spot to represent the Big Ten East in the Big Ten Championship game. Ohio State's showing strides. Penn State's pretty good. Is Sean Clifford going to come back? That's to be determined. Michigan State, they look really, really good. You can't really just look at them and say, oh, we're going to destroy them. No, that's not the team that they were last year. This team is, uh, is drastically improved. Then Michigan, Really looking really good running the ball. And K back to at times is getting better as well. The defenses of all these teams are really good. They're just turning out really good performances week after week after week. It's going to play itself out. So I can sit up here and say, well, Ohio State's going to move up or Michigan State's going to run the table. We're going to find out over the next few weeks who is going to be the representative of the Big Ten East and the Big Ten Championship game. It's all going to play itself out. It's going to be a whole lot of fun to watch play out to Jay. And as far as a conversation we had yesterday with Kevin, we talked a lot about can this end up being a place where the Big Ten puts together two college football playoff teams? And I want to just hear your situation about that right now is like, 
where do you think a second Big Ten resume fits best? I guess what team do you think can put together the strongest resume as what would be the second Big Ten team? I guess asking without that Big Ten championship on that resume. So I am going to go out and say this. Iowa, I do believe, is going to run the table on the West to be undefeated in the Big Ten championship game. Win or lose that game, I do believe Iowa will be one of the top four teams in the country at the end of the season. So this Big Ten West opponent, win or lose, representative will be in the playoff. On the East side, I do think Ohio State and Penn State have to run the table and win the conference to get into the playoff. If they get to the conference championship game and they lose, sorry, guys, that's not going to work. If two losses, that's not going to work at all. Sorry, you're not in that, that, that playoff, not in that party. Now, for Michigan and Michigan State, they can lose, but when do they lose? If you lose the 11th game or 12th game, when you lose – Right now, it's very, very big and important for them because if they lose late and still get to the Big Ten championship game, that's one thing that the voters will say, well, we just remembered you guys lost a game. We're not going to allow you to be in. Ohio State's loss, Penn State's loss, comes early, the first half of a season. So it's going to be kind of what have you done for me lately to the voters? Yeah, you remember the Oregon loss. You remember the Iowa loss, but it's in the first half of the season. In November, for some reason, in our minds, it seems like we forget the things that happen in the first half of the season. Kind of creatures, the things that have happened lately, we have those things in our mind. We go off of those things. So Ohio State, Penn State, run the table, win the conference you're in. Michigan, Michigan State, if you lose late, you better be very dominant in the Big Ten Championship game to be in. Not just be dominant, but you have to be dominant, dominant and win. If Michigan or Michigan State run the table and win the conference or lose it, they're going to be in. If Ohio State, Penn State run the table and win the conference. They're in Iowa. I think they're in no matter what. It's going to take a really bad collapse from the Hawkeyes to not get into the playoff because the way their defense is looking right now, they're really, really good. And that's a team that nobody wants to see on the field. It's just they have Spencer Petrus, who is not asked to do a whole lot for them to be successful. So I'm curious down the stretch to have, I think, the rest is Big Ten West opponents. The only team that might beat them on paper, and from what I think, is Nebraska. That may happen. That may not happen. Nebraska was really close to be, to beating the Wolverines this past weekend. That matchup, Iowa-Nebraska, I believe they still play. That's a matchup I'll be watching because it does have postseason ramifications written all over it. Well, that's the game to talk about from over the weekend outside of, of course, the Penn State-Iowa matchup we went over yesterday. And we'll talk a lot about that Nebraska-Michigan game in a second. I just think, and I went over a lot of this yesterday, too, with Kevin, too, about the playoff situation. I think the two team combinations are really, really interesting in how strong of a resume you're going to be able to put with two individual teams with even how much they're going to beat up on each other, given what Iowa has already done. I mean, you think about it. If Iowa runs the table, then loses to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. Iowa has a really, really strong resume. Ohio State's obviously in with a Big Ten title and one loss. If Iowa ends up losing to, say, Penn State in the Big Ten championship game, two one-loss teams, one of them has a Big Ten title, their losses are to each other. Those are two really strong resumes, too. I feel like a situation that usually has been reserved for the SEC for the past however many years of Alabama and whoever's playing Alabama winners in loser still has a chance. No other conference has had that luxury. 
Big 10, I feel like, has an avenue to getting it. But again, I went over a lot of that yesterday. And again, listening to every day of the show here when you're listening into Locked On Big 10. We're going to go over everything from all the games over the weekend in just a minute, including the game involving Jay's Ohio State Buckeyes. But I do just want to real quickly, before we take a quick break, Jay, give me your thoughts on what you saw out of CJ Stroud and the crew from over the weekend. Again, rolling over a Maryland team that was supposed to be, again, pretty good, but it just didn't really step up. But CJ Stroud, again, I think it's four freshman of the week awards to his name now. Yeah, I think four. Yeah, I think four or five. Um, he's had an Ohio State player has won that award every week of the season. So, I mean, six games, six winners. I mean, it's, they've been very dominant. I think CJ Stroud in the first half really showed that when the running game is not going, he is the guy that can move the ball through the air. Now, it does aid and help when you have a running back and wide receivers that via motions and play actions gain all the attention so you can get a wide open Chris Olave for a touchdown on the left side of the field, I believe. But it's still amazing. Stroud it continues to make strides. We'll talk more about this, I'm sure, down the road. But he continues to look better, a lot smoother than he did earlier in the season. And I'm curious if the bye week coming up this week, how he looks in the second half of the season. Yeah, you're hitting on some of the notes that I have from that matchup as well. So again, we'll get to all the other games from the weekend from the Big Ten that you care about here on Locked On Big Ten with our Locked On Buckeyes host, Jay Stevens, usually our Monday co-host in here on a Tuesday, staying flexible for us here on Locked On Big Ten. Well, if you're a fantasy sports player, I'm sure you're always looking for a new way to try and get a skin in the game. I know I always am. And Prize Picks does things a little bit differently. If you're a college sports fan, like the people who are listening into Locked On Big Ten, then you may want to hear about how things are done over at Prize Picks. They've got more college sports props than any other site out there. And you can play in their daily fantasy games too. You put together any sort of amount, two to five props on individual players over and under on yards, touchdowns, things like that. And they have college athletes in Power 5 games as well as in those mid-major contests as well. So if you've always wanted to bet on your favorite college players but just couldn't find a way to do it on wherever you're putting your sports betting services right now, Head on over to Prize Picks, see if they have what you're looking for. Again, it's a new way to play fantasy sports, which means it's something you're going to want to at least check out. Head on over to prizepicks.com and use our promo code LOCKED ON or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And again, use that promo code LOCKED ON for a 100% instant deposit match up to. $100 when you make your account. Again, that's prizepicks.com, a new way to do fantasy. Today's show is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. The winter months are coming, and here in Big Ten country, you got to be prepared for your travels. So if your car is either in need of a repair or you just want to get an upgrade or really just make sure that you can have peace of mind when you hit the roads, whatever you may need, you can find at rockauto.com. This is a family-owned business that helps you cut out the middleman of having to go to the part shop or the dealership to try and find your part. rockauto.com has what you need. They have it at the price you're going to like, and they have it at the convenience you're going to love, getting whatever you want straight to your door. So if all that sounds like something you might want to try out, head on over to rockauto.com right now. And if you end up using the product, using the service, right locked on into their little how did you hear about us section box, 
when you order, let them know that we sent you. It really helps us out. Again, that's amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you, your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Jay Stevens is with us here, usually our Monday co-host, in on a Tuesday now to help switch things up and let us get Kevin McGuire in early there on Monday to try and break down the Big Penn State-Iowa game from over the weekend. But Jay, with us here now as we thank you for making us your first listen every single day. And again, make your second listen or even honestly, first and second if you were a Ohio State fan and listen to Jay first that's fine but be sure to listen into the Locked On Buckeyes podcast too with Jay Stevens if you like what Jay says here on our show every Monday and if you're just a Buckeyes fan of course he keeps you up to date on everything that you need to know around Ohio State we'll get to Ohio State's big route of Maryland in just a minute Jay but first the most exciting matchup outside of Penn State Iowa from the weekend was Michigan Nebraska the Cornhuskers at home put up a good fight against Harbaugh's undefeated Wolverines team, but this Michigan team was able to pull out a win. That's obviously something that you got to give that team credit for, but still it was kind of all over. The offense was nowhere to be found in the first half, neither teams was. Then it went on a huge streak, of course, in the second half of being really good. The defense was honestly really, really solid aside from just a few huge, huge plays that it gave up throughout that game. I'm still kind of all over the place with these Michigan Wolverines. I know they're good. That, that was something at the beginning of the season I was asking myself, is this team really good? That's out of the question now. We know this team's talented. We know it's really good. But like with what this team put out on the field, every single week it seems, I have – more questions popping up for just as many as I get answered with their play. There's things that they do good every week. There's things that confuse me and come out of nowhere, it seems, every week too. Let's start with the positive here. I see Nebraska, and I just want to be reminding about, talk about how big they had in the second half and how it really did a lot to gain momentum. And the Cornhusker crowd was a lot. They were loud. They were raucous. I mean, they were ready to go in that game. Nebraska scored 22 points in the third quarter alone. In most cases in college football, if you're the opposition and your your team you're playing scores that many points in one quarter in one 15-minute period, you're done. Mentally, you're done. You're not going to be that guy. Ultimately, you got to give credit to the kicker for Michigan because Michigan only scored a touchdown in the first in the in the fourth quarter. Just one touchdown, two field goals late. I believe the second, the latter portion of the fourth quarter were what propelled the Wolverines. To victory, even though the, the Cornhuskers, I thought going into this, this is a tricky game. If this was, if there was an opponent that could beat the Wolverines, going from Ann Arbor to Nebraska, that that's one of those things there, especially with the sellout record streak that they normally have, which got broken last week last year due to COVID, and I'm sure their streak went back because those fans love their football. That what this was an opponent that I thought could have beaten the Wolverines. Nebraska, not a team. You're going to fall in love with not a team. You're going to say, yes, they're going to win a national championship or a big 10 championship or even represent their division of the conference and the championship game, but they are a tricky team. I thought it was going to be a little bit trickier than it was. I thought even they had a chance to win down the stretch credit to where credit is due. The Wolverines pulled this one off, off the lake of their kicker and not getting down off a 22 point quarter from the Cornhuskers. 
And it was a game where, again, you, you brought up all the points about how Nebraska could beat Michigan, but we talked last week about how I think the spread was like three and a half and kudos for Nebraska. If it was actually three and a half, actually that's huge. But anyway, if you were looking at the game, you think, yeah, Nebraska may be able to beat Michigan, but there's no way that Nebraska is only three and a half points less talented than these Wolverines. If both teams come out and play their a games, it seems like Michigan's going to be able to come out and get an easy win. That did not happen though. So I, I ask you, Jay, where are you on the scale of like this was just Michigan not playing its best game as opposed to like maybe this just is what Michigan is and it hadn't been all that tested before, which had been a critique too, or also Nebraska is just not that bad. A little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. You can say Nebraska is not that bad. Nebraska is not the team that we saw was a week one against Illinois. No, excuse me, week zero against Illinois that we just like, oh, this is an ugly game. It's, I don't want to watch this. If it wasn't week zero to start the, the football season, we would not be watching it. I mean, that's literally how my thought were thoughts were during that game. And then as the season progresses, you're like, okay, like Adrian Martinez is getting a, a little bit better. He's not a, a quarterback that's going to wow you we know what he is but he's getting a little bit better he's moving more freely with his legs we saw this that, that pat this pat saw this this past saturday or saw that whatever words are trying to come out that are all jumbled up we yeah. saw exactly moves, how he could moves do. this modi move modi moves this yeah something like that yeah it was really all bad we saw mm-hmm. what he could do with his legs when he uses them properly this past week but it's still nebraska yeah recruiting they're not the best recruiting team in the conference not the best recruiting team, even in their division. You could look at Iowa and Wisconsin for that consecutively to say their defenses, they get a lot of talent. They might not get the five stars or the, a lot of four stars, but they know how to coach up those three stars and the guys that may not be ranked to be really good football players. The Wolverines, however, I think this is who they are. I mean, against Rutgers, they were really good in the first half, almost lost it in the second half. And this game, you give up 22 points in the third quarter. You only score six. You better thank your kicker because a lot of kickers nowadays, especially in NFL, if you watch football on Sunday, you see the NFL kickers are really, well, they're being NFL, they're being kickers, missing kicks that they should make. You don't want to leave the, lay, leave the game on the leg of your kicker, but it happened. But this, I think this is really who Michigan is, and I don't know if that's going to be enough for Michigan to get past a Penn State, to get past an Ohio State, to get past a Michigan State down the stretch. Penn State, maybe. I don't know that we, I said earlier, we don't know the status of Sean Clifford. So I just don't know what's going to happen with him. If the backup quarterback comes in, sorry, Nittany Lions fans, I apologize. Kimberly, apologize. I just don't think the season is going to go very well for you if Sean Clifford does not come back. The Wolverines, the tale of two halves that it is, they better fix this quick because if not, they will add one, two, maybe three losses to their win-loss record this season. Yeah, it's obviously not something that is going to get any easier for Michigan. As we mentioned, all those really good teams still have to play each other over on that side. So the road gets tougher and Michigan's going to have to shore up whatever holes are there to be patched in short time. But again, there is, I think, a bye week coming up for the Wolverines to maybe try and work something this like week. that up here this, this week. week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I thought I had that right. So we'll see if maybe Jim Harbaugh and everyone can uh, get all that fixed by the time we see Michigan next.
Moving on to your team, Jay. Ohio State got the win easily over Maryland. I want to ask first about the defense. Offense is obviously what sticks out when you put up a number like that. But what did you think about this defense's performance? Because uh, honestly, in the first couple of drives there, I thought Maryland was able to get a couple of things to click. But I was impressed by the way that Ohio things shut Ohio State shut things down as the game went on. I think that the defense right now, you're looking and seeing how Ohio State has some depth and has different players that can play different positions on the field. And certain guys are saying they're exposing themselves and they're emerging saying, I need, a, I deserve, I have earned, not just earned because like of my play, I deserve a spot on the field because of how good I have been playing on the field in the game. And via some moving around of some things defensively, yeah, early on, you, you're trying to figure things out with Talia. Also, remember, early on, most coaches, they will script the plays early to kind of get a feel for the game, a little run, little pass, a um, little left, little right, to get the feel of what the defense is going to do, a little read and react type of thing before really just calling the plays based off what the defense is currently doing. So, yes, early on, the first couple of drives, a little, little different, but I think some of the changes and tweaks that the defense has made all year long are really led up to the dominant performance from this defense this past Saturday. I believe this is four games in a row that Ohio State has a pick six. Let's let that sink in. The one this past week was a 70-yard pick six from Craig Young, a guy that has been scratching and uh, crawling and fighting to just get on the field. Injuries happen. Um, Guys get better than you, but he's still playing a whole lot better. I think this defense is slowly, slowly – getting into form for a grueling final six games of the season. BetOnline.ag is back with everything that you could ever ask for, for all your sports betting needs. But right now for football season, they've really geared up and revamped for you. The BetOnline website, BetOnline.ag, has a new look for you with a new interface, but not just the look is new. They've got new contests, props, bets for you to choose from as well. So if you looked at it before... Go ahead and try these guys out again. It's betonline.ag. They have all sorts of new things coming out all the time, obviously. But also, they want to help you out and get a head start, too. As always, they try to help out our Locked On listeners, and they're doing it again with our promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So whatever you put in, 50% of it, just thrown on top for free. Thanks to the people over at BetOnline. Again, go to BetOnline.ag, use our promo code Locked On, and get to betting now. There's more ways to make money at BetOnline than any other place. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's talk about SweatBlock. It's the number one product in the antiperse per category in Amazon, and for good reason. Now, People think that the summer months are the months that you're going to do most of your sweating and might need some sweat block, deodorant wipes, any products. But if you're here in Big Ten country, you know when things get really cold, you put on all those layers and you keep yourself warm, but underneath it all, you could be absolutely cooking up, sweating up a storm under there, and you don't want to unpeel all of that to find out that you've sweat through your clothes when you get to wherever you're going and out of that cold. So... If you use the sweat block products, whether it just be the deodorant that you can put on like anything else, I use it in what they sent me all the time. I'm actually out of it. I'm going to have to go get more. The sweat block wipes are incredible. It's like 
I don't know what science is behind it, but how it works, you just honestly use the wipes the night before whenever you just want to make sure that you don't have to worry about sweat the next day. And not only does it work for that day, but it's up to a week this stuff is effective for. Go to sweatblock.com right now. Use our promo code LOCKED ON for a 20% discount on your order at the website. Or you could, of course, as always, get them on Amazon or at a local CVS as well. That's Sweatblock, the number one product for antiperspirant on Amazon, but of course, for us too at Locked On. How do you feel about where Ohio State stands right now as far as being able to get into that point? I mean, I guess it's something I just thought of as you were saying in a moment ago, but like Ohio State's having a chance here to fly a little bit more under the radar than it would have in other seasons. If, say, Ohio State doesn't lose that game, there's still a whole lot of pressure from a team that at this point is, well, let's face it, Ohio State, what would be it, the lowest number two in the nation? If it had not lost that game, do you feel like Ohio State gets an advantage with so many new players and having to kind of go through these growing pains of not being the the team? I mean, I, I don't know if there's really a difference, honestly. It's not like Ohio State ever really left the rankings, but I do feel like this is something where like at least there's other teams that we can be talking about in the Big Ten every weekend, you know, before it was everyone's just waiting for Ohio State to lose. That's not the case. You know, part of the reason why I think Ohio State is flying under the radar, because teams like Oklahoma State and Kentucky are flying under the radar. Ohio State had a loss of week number two. And based off of how our minds are, so many people's minds are, they're hyperbolic and they're, uh, they, they, they're full of hyperbole. They say, oh, you lose one game, you're out of the playoff, which isn't true. Remember earlier when I was talking about Michigan State, excuse me, Penn State or Michigan, no, Michigan State and Michigan, I said they lose late. What have you done for me lately? If you lose in your 11th or 12th game and still happen to look really good and win the conference, remember, what have you done for me lately? Those voters are human. And I remember a few weeks ago, you lost. No matter if it was close or you lost big. You lost a game. They're going to remember that. So Ohio State's flying under the radar. Yeah, they lost, but they lost early. In the past three weeks, they've looked very, very dominant. Akron, um, Rutgers, and then Mich- and then not Michigan State, haven't got that far yet. And then, wow, I just forgot who Ohio State beat Maryland. I'm sorry, Nate, my, <laughs> Nate, my, my, my mind's all over the place. So Ohio State ha- does have that luxury. They lost early, but they've had only three dominant performances. People are kind of like, oh, are they figuring things out? But Oklahoma State's undefeated. Kentucky's undefeated. They're flying under the radar. Why is Coastal, Carol- Coastal Carolina undefeated once again? They're number 15 in the country. They're 6-0. I think they're averaging 8.8 yards per play right now. Their offense is really – why are they flying under the the radar? Because teams like Michigan State, Oregon, Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, Alabama have looked so good. Why is Oklahoma playing like they are and still up so high? Because so many people are are focused on Alabama and Georgia. They kind of separated the two, and that allows Ohio State to gradually get better slowly get better, work out the kinks and work out the kinks in a way that Kerry Coombs, the guy that some were calling for his job early, early in the season, got the game ball at the end of this game. It shows the strides and how this team is so together. They're flying under the radar, I think, because the human element has really affected how people view Ohio State right now. It's kind of in their benefit. You got a bye week coming off of that. You got a night game against the Indiana Hoosiers on ABC in primetime. 
Let that be your coming out party, Ohio State. Show the world at that point in time that we are the Buckeyes and the Buckeyes can't go on the road to Bloomington, Indiana to destroy and dominate a Hoosiers team that hasn't looked that good this year. It is kind of nuts, isn't it, Jay? I mean, people can talk about how much the media hypes up or down teams as much or as little as they like, but when it comes down to it, people really only care about that little number next to your name, and it's the wins and losses that decide that. Ohio State loses early. That number gets a little bit bigger, and all of a sudden, Ohio State team that's always been right there is a little bit under the radar this year. But who knows? Buckeyes might be able to, as we said, use it to their advantage. Last game I really had big notes to talk about here from the weekend was Michigan State's dominant play over Rutgers. This game, I thought, wasn't really even as close as the score indicated at the end of it. I just had really that Kenneth Walker was outstanding. I mean, he's really good, we knew, but he was another kind of special on Saturday. And it's just how good Michigan's looked. Like, we talked about it before we started up here. That's really that's that's the summary of the notes from that game. Michigan State continues to look really, really good as the competition continues to ramp up and up and up, making me at least believe in this team a little bit more every time I see him play. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a believer. I don't normally hop on the train at that, through six games in the way that I am right now with the Michigan State Spartans. I'm a believer. Peyton Thorne, really impressive. Now, like we talked earlier, Nate, he, he's not a real, he's not a guy that's going to be in the Heisman Trophy ceremony competition, or he's not going to be in the running for the best quarterback in the country, not the best quarterback in his own conference, not the best quarterback in his own division. That's not going to be him. But what we're seeing is a guy that's just playing smooth and doing what's needed for him and the team to be successful. If he needs to hand the ball off to Kenneth Walker the third, 28, 30, 32, maybe 35 times to win, so be it. This past Saturday, Kenneth Walker had 28 carries for 223, one touchdown, 8.0 yards a pop. Hey, he's fine doing that. If he needs to throw the ball around and get 16 completions on 27 attempts, I believe, he's going to do that. Now, the result was 340 passing yards, which I don't think anybody would have imagined him having a game like that this year. Three touchdowns. Unfortunately, he threw one interception. But between Walker, Naylor, and Thorne, that's kind of a three-headed monster right now with the offensive line doing what they're doing up front. You don't want to sleep on this team. Everyone's talking about Kenneth Walker the third, and he is the guy. He is the one that you need to watch. He only had one touchdown this game. Naylor had three touchdowns. I believe he had the first three scores of the game for the Spartans, and they were electric. They were amazing. Even a flea flicker for the third touchdown. And I'm like, hey, these guys are clowning. They're having fun <laughs> out there. I love watching this team play. I don't think they represent the Big Ten East. So Spartans fans, sorry to disappoint you in the conference championship game, but they will be a tough out, a tough opponent for anybody they, anybody they play this year. Yeah, and Michigan State doesn't need that championship game to be satisfied with the season or to be happy with what they've got going forward either. And you mentioned Peyton Thorpe. I think everyone would agree with everything you said. Not the best quarterback in the conference, country, or even the, his half of the conference. But when you look at the stats that he's had so far in 2020, it's arguable that he's been the best statistical quarterback in the Big Ten. 14 touchdowns to just two interceptions on the season as things stand. So Michigan State just looks really, 
really good. A whole lot of Big Ten teams look really, really good, Jay. We talked about all of them. Now, do you have any notes from the other Big Ten matchup, Wisconsin-Illinois, that we didn't touch on yet? I really didn't have much of anything. I mean, this was a game that even between two teams who have been very unpredictable this season, it was kind of a predictable result in what ended up happening. I, I don't know what you can take away from either team. Well, they had two guys rush for over 130 yards. I mean, that's a, that's a positive. I mean, it's a step in the right direction there, a team that has really struggled offensively. One guy in Allen had 7.3 yards a pop or per carry, and then Malusi had 6.9 yards a carry. That's a good thing. When your quarterback is Graham Mertz and nobody, I don't think even he sometimes believes in his skill set with the way that he has played right now, you got to find a way to move the ball. You got to find a way to put the ball in the end zone. You got to find a way to score consistently because this defense is not going to have that many shutouts this year with the way the offense is playing. The defense is good, but they got to figure things out. It's nice they played the Fighting Illini. It's also nice they're in the Big Ten West. If they were in the Big Ten East, wow, they might not be bowl eligible this year based off of the way that they have played so far. Two and three on the season? Uh, okay, it's, it's nice. Better get a whole lot better. You need four more wins. Four more wins to be bowl eligible. I think they'll find four more wins, but I do think they'll have to be really, they'll have to play really, really good. And they will be really, 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 really hard wins to get. Well, we'll get more thoughts from Asher Lowe about that on Wednesday. As he pointed out last week, if Penn State had won that game, Wisconsin would still be controlling its own fate in the Big Ten. So it's still a whole lot left to go in this conference before things are all said and done. Jay Stevens is our Locked On Buckeyes host, usually with us on Mondays, and I believe he'll be back with us on a Monday next week, too. Jay, thanks for joining us here as you do every single week. Before we let you go, remind people about where they can hear Locked On Buckeyes, of course, and see and hear, read all the other stuff that you do. You guys can always follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. We'll be back next week with, with uh, Mr. Dickinson here on a Monday, just recapping the weekend that was in the Big Ten football conference. Locked on Buckeyes, Monday through Friday currently, about to go through um, midseason grades, report cards. I know these are student-athletes. They still get grades on the football field as well. We'll be going offense one day, defense the next. That's a Thursday, Friday to wrap up the week here for this Ohio State Buckeye here on Locked on Buckeyes. Follow, also subscribe to the Jay Stevens podcast. That episode this week will be coming out on Tuesday. Just a general sports podcast, me having fun, sharing my opinions about the things we watch every single day. That's everywhere. You can, of course, get Jay as well as every week here on Locked On Big Ten. Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening right now and Locked On Buckeyes as well. We'll be back tomorrow with Asher Lowe with a look at anything going on in the Big Ten. I don't know. We'll figure it out by the time we talk to him for our Wednesday program. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson. This has been Locked On Big Ten.